Well, it is another edition of the Things You Need to Know podcast. This is episode number 211. Josh is back with me again. And uh, you handsome devil, it's good to be able to lay some eyes on you. How are you holding up with the weather? You know, the weather is uh, is obnoxious, but my snow dog loves it. So, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot to be said for just letting her go run all of her energy out by jumping through the snow. So, you know, I'll take it as a win. Yeah, uh, I, I would take that as a win, too. If anybody can enjoy the snow, it should be a husky, right? I mean, if anybody's <laughs> going to get love out of having some snow, are you able to have the dogs? Can you team them up and, like, take you to the grocery or anything? Well, um, the problem is, is uh, I am a rather large human. I'm going to need more than one uh, one-and-a-half-year-old husky and a uh, tiny St. Bernard Blue Heeler to do that. Uh, but I have seen it done and it's epic. So yeah, it is. Yeah. A couple more, sure. a couple more little wolves to string together to get me there. But right now the four wheel drive will do just fine. Yes. Um, well, I, now I, I know I kind of teased this before that we are on a zoom pro account now, which means I had to pay a hundred bucks or 150 bucks or whatever it is. So we can put this on video, but I don't want to <laughs> do so without, um, without permission. So if you say no, I won't. If you say I don't care, then I might. I don't know yet. You can do it. Out of spite from last week uh, for calling yeah. out for having a cutoff on, I did consider showing up shirt and tie tonight. Uh, however, that's just a level of effort uh, that I wasn't willing to put forth for just a Zoom <laughs> call that may or may not be uh, put out on the internet. So I'll take that for what it is. But a big day for you, some proud Papa news. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for uh, talking about it. Yeah, I'm wearing a shirt uh, today that has Richmond swimming and diving on it. Um, and I've got shorts to say it too, but I'm not going to pull those off and show those to you. Um, so back um, when my kids, both of my kids were really young, four or five years old, uh, we threw them into the water and said, go. And um, luckily their mom uh, was a swim coach at the time and it still is. And she actually taught them how to swim and they got really good at it. And um, over the culmination, accumulation or culmination, what, what am I saying here? Oh, I've yeah. had a few beers. I've had a few <laughs> beers in celebration. But the culmination, what, what's the word? I think it's culmination. Culmination of their high school careers. Uh, well, even through grade school, middle school and high school years and now going into college. They've gotten really uh, exceptional at it, and their swimmers are just different people. They work hard. They um, swim more yards underwater in below freezing temperatures when it's outside because they're winter sports. It, it's just they're incredible people because of the commitment and the discipline that it takes to be a swimmer. Then if they're good at it, they get a chance to showcase that. And that's what happened today. Uh, my son had his uh, sectional uh, finals today. And to go to the state meet, you either have to qualify at a certain time, which is ridiculous, or you win your event. And then each of the different sectionals around Indiana, they go to the state meet next weekend. And he has worked so very hard. And he um, went from being... Uh, a swimmer that knew how to do all the strokes where he would do like a individual medley relay or an individual medley race to just swim as, as hard as you can, as long as you can. And it's the 500 freestyle and it, 
it's more work than a lot of people put in into an entire day. And he was able to not just win the event, but he flat smoked some boys today. Mm -hmm. And um, he's going to be able to go to the state meet. And so I was watching online today and where they do the swim meet, there are like 11 teams. And so you have all of those parents, then you have all of the girls on the swim teams for each of those schools that all like to dress up as a group and go together as whatever theme and the stands get packed and people are on the staircase and they can't so it being online this year with COVID actually worked out to be pretty well I could sit into this chair where you're seeing me right now I was able to have a beer and watch him do his thing and it, it was just amazing and I couldn't be more proud of him and um, of course uh, i was texting and shouting out people and all across social platforms, because I really believe that it is more rewarding when you see your kids do something than when we would do something as kids, you know, it just, you're just so proud because of how much work that goes into it. Oh, exactly. You know, I have a, a background in coaching too, and kind of along those same lines, I had much more, fulfillment and enjoyment for seeing those kids, you know, hit their goals than, than I ever did as an athlete. Well, and, and I'm sure your parents did too, when you were involved in sports, because they see you when you suck and you're terrible. And then you, you learn a craft, you put in the practice and it turns into positive results. It's really cool. Now you were a track coach, right? Yeah. For about uh, seven years, full disclosure out of the three kids, the worst one, uh, my, my brother and sister, phenomenal at it. I was there to hold blocks for the runners, uh, specifically the pretty girls, and eat sandwiches from the cooler. So I maximized my track experience different than the others. I understand that. Well, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that um, when you decide to commit yourself to a sport, and we were this way as parents, um, and my parents were this way, I don't care if you hate it, but if you start the season, you got to finish the season. Mm-hmm. You, you just got to put in the effort. And then if you decide to do something else, that's fine. But if you're, if you're going to start something, then finish it. And for us, that was always at the beginning and the end of a season. And they both, um, their mom was a swimmer and, and swam at a division one school. And, and then after a while, it just became too much. And so she didn't, swim all four years of college. I was a high school athlete, not a very good one, but I did stuff. And, and you look back on that time as very rewarding, uh, learning how to, you know, do team stuff and uh, working together as a team and being a leader on a team. And it's just, you know, we, we, we criticize younger generations for not being what we were as kids. Well, the fact of the matter is they're the same type of kids that we were mm-hmm. and, and, and the same type of kids that our parents were. We were we, kids are just kids. And I just can't imagine what it's like to be a high school kid in a global pandemic where you can't see your friends. You have to go everywhere with a mask on. You're going homeschool, for lack of a better term. It's been so funny to see all the snow delays and, and there's a two hour delay and then it switches to a e-learning atmosphere hell they've been doing e-learning for a year right (laughs) so um being able to learn how to be an athlete and and then when you're out 
of high school and you're not necessarily going to do stuff professionally or in college, you know, being an athlete is pretty good. And, and having that skill set and being able to know how to work out, it's a great transition to our sponsor, which is the Richmond Family YMCA. Uh, they've got a lot of programs. If you, if you were an athlete or weren't an athlete, but now you just want to get back in shape or do something exercise-wise, they've got a lot of great uh, programs for you. As adults, they also have a great youth program. Now, with all the weather delays and everything else, some soccer youth programs have been postponed a little bit. And right now, the Richmond Family YMCA doing a little bit of a hiring spree, looking for some front desk membership, some people to help with uh, after child care in Cambridge City and some after school care also in the Richmond area. If you want some more information, just contact Misty H at richmondfamilyymca.org. They're a great partner of us. I, I say every single week that one of the great things about being a Y member is that your Y membership is good nationwide. So if and when you can get up and get out of the house and go travel somewhere. If you need to get a sweat on, you can do so. I don't vacation that way. It's very hard to get me to do anything on vacation. But if you do, you can uh, be a Y member and go to any YMCA across the country. We've got a lot of things to get to with our things you need to know today. Um, usually I have uh, the page sort of broken out into different categories for stuff, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get that done. Doesn't look like it. Looks like they're all listed under miscellaneous. It's like, <laughs> well, as we've already talked about, you had a big day. So I mean, uh, you know, I went through and looked at it and was like, this is this is all good. We'll pick it out. We'll make it work. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, get all. We'll, it'll flow. Yeah, we'll be just fine. And and feel free if there's uh, something in here that um, you want to spend some more time on. Uh, I love having you as part of the the podcast. The feedback having you on has been tremendous. We even reworked a new logo, which I which is kind of a freaky looking thing. If if yeah. you haven't, uh, those uh, people that haven't seen that there's a new logo out there. So the last couple of weeks, I kind of put you on the spot talking about Morgan Wallen because you are involved in country music. You know about being a country music artist. So I'm not going to throw something new at you uh, involving the business that used to be our careers and, and maybe still uh, can be for some of us, but Rush Limbaugh passed away uh, this past week. And if you said something mean about Rush after his death, you were looked upon as being, you know, just kind of stomping on a dead man's grave. And if you said something complimentary about Rush, you had the other side of people. <laughs> and, yeah. and I promised you that we would stay away from politics as much as possible. And I tweeted something out when I was looking at the show prep earlier today, and I went, boy, there are people that put their mark in an industry uh, Bill Gates, for example, when it comes to PCs or maybe Steve Jobs or, you know, uh, Lee Iacocca when it comes to Chrysler. I'm trying to think of some other CEOs, Ray Kroc. There are people in an industry that leave their mark for better or for worse. And I've been trying to figure out how to uh, appropriately, without getting blasted from either side, talk about Rush Limbaugh because... Um, you and I both worked with a coworker who um, had the chance to actually meet him in person. And he was a fan of Rush Limbaugh's. And um, so when you would say, say, what was it like meeting Rush? He said he was down to earth. He was not the persona that you saw 
But when you have a talk show and you're trying to spur callers to call your talk show, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can say something outrageous or you can let your caller say something outrageous, but it's still your show. And growing up, I listened to Rush not agreeing with a lot of what he said, and this has been 15, 20 years ago, well before I had kids. Um, and I, I kind of appreciated how he did a talk show, which is he had his big monologue. He had a big stack of stuff that he always talked about in the golden EIB microphone. I didn't agree with a lot of what Rush Limbaugh said, but I don't know that you can go through the history of radio and talk about all these, um, uh, you know, people that made such a huge mark in an industry and not include Rush. Howard Stern would be the same way. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm going long here, but I was trying to figure out how to say something about Rush Limbaugh that I, I didn't respect what he said, but I don't think you can leave him off the list. Of, if you're building a Mount Rushmore of radio hosts across the country, I don't know how he's not on it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. He was, he was on a ton of stations. He was very successful regardless of the, uh, the, uh, the content of the show. I mean, yeah, he was everywhere, larger than life, you know, and it was, uh, a guy that, you know, from, from when I got into radio, you always heard about, uh, he was always seemed to be around in every market I've worked. He was always there, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, from a certain standpoint, we probably don't have podcasts without having talk radio and you may not have talk radio if you didn't have personalities like Rush Limbaugh for better or for worse. I, I, I remember watching, um, the movie that Howard Stern made about his own, his own life, his own early part of his career. And one of the parts of that movie, uh, it's called Private Parts, by the way, of course. But one of the things about um, Howard Stern is, is they were um, reenacting a conversation with the sales manager and with the general manager of the station. And they were talking about the number of people in the ratings that would listen to Howard Stern that hated him. And they listened longer because they hated what he was saying. And I don't know that any of us are, could subscribe to that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that I don't know if talk radio is as popular as it is or was without Rush. And so, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do moving forward because he was on so many different stations across the country. Like... That's a big hole to fill in, in yep. a lot of people uh, yep. in, in your lineup. So we'll see who the heir apparent is, if there is one. Um, a big thing that happened this week, um, and I, so the whole idea of this podcast is to talk about the things that you probably didn't see in the news. But so far, we've talked a little bit about what's been in the news, and then we get to some other things that maybe you didn't get a chance to, to see. And I'm just curious, from your perspective, how big of a deal is NASA landing the Perseverance rover onto Mars? How big of a deal is that? I don't know how big of a deal it is. I think it's cool um, because like I've always kind of had a fondness for NASA, um, you know, in the space program. 
I weirdly enough just wrapped up a show on Netflix about astronauts going to Mars. So, I mean, that I, whole idea is kind of cool. Um, I, I like that everybody's already on board with the nickname. Apparently, his name's Percy now. Um, and the uh, the memes that are going around about how the first thing that he sent back from Mars was about your uh, extended warranty on your car that he's been trying to get in touch with you about. Whether that's true or not, I'm going to go with it. Uh, so I think it's cool, but I don't know in the grand scheme of everything happening, like, is yeah. it ultra important quite yet? Yeah. And the other thing that I just wanted to get your take on, and I know it's going to be political in nature, but if you happen to be an elected official uh, and your constituents are, are freezing to death, I don't think that you can jump on a plane and, and escort your kids to Cancun. Ted Cruz did that this past week. And I, I just kind of find it funny that he, he, he so much thought that this wasn't a big deal. And, and it didn't register in his mind that he might get caught so much so that he's wearing blue jeans and a polo shirt and a Texas uh, flag mask walking through the airport with his carry on. And you're just kind of like, man, I just, I don't know how you miss that. That's if from a PR standpoint, you don't come back from that. Right. You know, I've, I've taken some classes in crisis management and, you know, we, we've talked a lot about how organizations have handled it. Uh, it's just not a great look anyway you split it. It's just, had, you know, and it's a no-win situation for the guy. Had he stayed in Washington, he's in trouble. If he, you know, goes in Texas, he's in trouble. Leaving the country is not going to be a good thing for it. Oh. Besides the fact is you're like, you're one of the most recognizable faces of people in the last couple months who's been there with your weird mullet haircut on TV all the time. Yeah you're not going to be able to hide. Yeah. And, and you know what? I would be just as critical if this was anybody else that was an elected official oh, that sure. did that. You would, you would totally, a mayor of a city, Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. That's just a bad move. And, <laughs> and so the internet doesn't forget, right? So yeah. the old tweets from criticizing other people from doing the same thing are all coming back to bite him. And I think that's the most interesting part is there are a lot of those that are resurfacing. Uh, people have done a lot of internet uh, Sherlock Holmesing on the old Twitter account there. It's just yeah. coming from all fronts for the guy. Yep. We've got a couple of entertainment um, pieces of news that you may not have seen uh, that happened over the course of the week. Dolly Parton has asked, actually begged and pleaded Tennessee lawmakers not to erect a statue of her on the Capitol grounds in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, she says, given all that is going on in the world, I don't think putting me on a pedestal is appropriate at this time. Of course, she said that statement on Twitter. Um, a literal and, pedestal. <laughs> yeah, right. I, you know, Dolly is maybe one of three people on the planet that everybody seems to love. And it's really hard to find something to poke at her about. I think she's pretty spot on on this. Don't yeah. don't make a statue of me right now. Yeah, I uh, I I saw the response. It was like truly Dolly, and she's got a point. Uh, there's a lot of things we need to probably fix right now, uh, especially in the great state of Tennessee going on right now. Like, you know, I love Dolly as much as anybody, but she's on it. I mean, 
let's just go ahead and not. That's right. And, and I, I know that some people listening to the podcast are just waiting for me to make a comment. And my only thought is you can't make Dolly Parton out of concrete. It'd be way too top heavy. I'm just, I'm not going to touch that one. (laughs) All right. Uh, A couple (laughs) other things. The house that was used as the home of uh, Buffalo Bill in the 1991 movie, Silence the Lambs. Of course, that whole Clarice thing is back on CBS. You couldn't watch an NFL game in the playoffs and not see uh, the promos for it. It's being converted into a bed and breakfast. Has to be. No, no. No, it doesn't have to be. There's nobody in their right mind. I actually saw a clown hotel. No, where, yeah, the rooms are all decorated with different clown faces and stuff on the outside walls and on the inside. I'm not staying at a clown motel and I'm not staying at a bed and breakfast where Buffalo Bill might have put someone into the the well handing down a bottle of lotion. (laughs) Right? Uh yeah, I didn't particularly care for the movie, but especially if this is the time to do it with that show coming back on, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Put that oh. sucker on Airbnb. It's just like, you know, and this is this is probably the weird knowledge I have. I have a weird knowledge of, of unique Airbnbs, like how you can stay in a literal potato in Idaho. Um, they did it in, uh, in Florida during the pandemic last baseball se- season. You could Airbnb in the press box of a baseball se- a stadium. I'm here for the unique experience. Uh, I'm not staying there and keep me away from anything clown related. But I mean, if this, if you're going to do it, this is the time to do it. I mean, people look at how much people pay to stay in that Christmas story house at, at uh, you know, around Christmas time. I mean, look, yeah, but look, I mean, unless there's somebody uh, that's like four foot five coming out in a bunny costume, the glasses, that's not going to terrify you. How are you going to get a good night's sleep in an Airbnb if you got someone with infrared glasses running around trying to go? There's no, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Maybe as an escape room, but let's, let's not try to charge people to spend the night. Listen, I think we might've just found a new uh, summer podcast series. We're just going to have to hit up these weird AB- Airbnbs. <laughs> We'll get a, we'll get an RV or something. Phil and Josh yeah. take America. Yeah, I'm fine with that if we can just find the camper sponsor, because we're gonna need an RV, and if that RV is rocking, don't come and knock him. In some God. tech news, Apple is said to be hiring some engineers just for the sake of trying to develop. 6G wireless. Why are we already moving to 6G when my T-Mobile phone can't count to five? Uh, China, I think, is already on like nine or 10G. So why don't we just get that? They have the people, though. They actually have, Fair. The, you know, and, and doesn't doesn't everybody get a 6G phone as soon as you, you, I mean, the phones aren't even as expensive as they are over here. I mean, come on. What are we doing? You know, and that's the thing is like, I just upgraded my phone in March. And now they're like, iPhone 12, 5G. I was like, no, just no. Yeah, right, right. I don't even know how often I use my phone when it's not on a Wi-Fi. I mean, other than using a Waze app, driving to and from work, it's rarely not on a Wi-Fi signal. I was looking at my, I actually tried to download my bill and uh, it, it was 
so many pages because I'm, I'm seeing all the phone calls my kids are making. And mm-hmm. I look at mine and my, my, my call log, very, very small <laughs> when I've yeah. actually used data minutes. I, I just don't know that 6G is a thing, but if anybody's got the money to do it, I guess it's Apple. Um, so a couple of things. Uh, did you see anything else on, the, uh, on our things you need to know that, that maybe I missed? Where are you with the royal family and Harry and Meghan? Is that something that's on your radar? It, it's not. I know that they are uh, expecting a second kid, and that kid um, will still be of royal birth, mm. but be the first member of the royal family to not be of British descent or have um, United Kingdom uh, residency. It'll be a U.S. baby. Yeah, theoretically, uh, it could be King. Is it a boy? If it is, it would be eighth in line. Yeah, it could be King and the United States president at the same time if some weird Hollywood stuff happened. Ooh, that's a great point. Right? Yeah. And then, look, uh, I I love Harry and Meghan. I think, like, together they're, they're awesome and they're doing a lot of great stuff. I feel terrible that all the tabloid stuff come out but i kind of feel bad for the point that like it was so bad for them in england they're like look we're gonna go to canada or la or wherever they're at now just to get away from like the tabloids over there so like that whole thing kind of tired of reading about the tabloid part but i mean as far as you know this generation's you know prince and princess if you need one i would rather go with those two than old prince charles yeah yeah he's got yeah, his hair looks a, a very similar to ours. And that brings me to the last things you need to know. Gorilla Glue sales going through <laughs> the roof. Did uh, you see course, that bit on Saturday Night Live last week? I did. I brilliant. did. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, brilliant. And we're recording this on a Saturday. Um, not sure if there's a follow-up to that. But, uh, of course, there's a woman who tried to glue some hair extensions and she didn't have anything else, ran out of what she would normally use, threw on some Gorilla Glue, and then wanted to sue the company. And um, I get it. Sometimes companies put stuff on their labels that you just don't take seriously. But mm-hmm. Gorilla Glue may yeah. be one of those things you want to go ahead and stick away from. Well, then there was a TikToker who apparently didn't learn from that story, tried it themselves, and right. did it again. Because <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. That's why you need to have so many labels on coffee at McDonald's because just you can't fix stupid. A couple of did you knows you will have owned about 25 different pairs of glasses by the time you turn 35. That seems fair. That seems legit, right? We're talking glasses or sunglasses? Sunglasses. Sunglasses. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, because you lose a whole bunch. But I think I might have had 25 pair of those PQ glasses you were handing out there for a while. My last pair broke last year. I I have some extras here in Arizona. I will send one your way whenever it gets nice and sunny back in Indiana. I'm still uh, wearing my, uh, uh, I think, green pair of Ivy Tech shades from my uh, cup of coffee there. I grabbed a couple pair of those. Haven't bought a pair of sunglasses since I was probably 19. That's really the key. The key is you never seem to lose the cheap ones. If you buy a nice pair, they break or you lose them within three months. Mm. Yeah. It it never fails to amaze me how I can always find the cheap ones, can never find uh, my expensive pair. 
Uh, 54% of teens say that they drove their parents' car without a license and without their parents knowing. 54%. That sounds low to me. Yeah, the other 10-ish percent may be lying. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that didn't do it. Uh, I think mine doesn't necessarily count uh, because a lot of the times I was driving, you know, like a truck or something around the farm, just moving it or whatever. And, you know, they didn't necessarily know about that. So like farm kids, I think have a built-in excuse. I never really took it on the road. That's right. I I was going to say it's exactly an urban versus rural thing. If you lived in Brooklyn, maybe you didn't take out your parents' car because it's a nightmare. Uh, but if you lived anywhere where there was a stretch of a half a mile road with about four houses on it, oh yeah, you did. You took oh, it absolutely. out. Run something down <laughs> to the aunt and uncles down the way, you know, it's, it's what it yeah. is. Absolutely. I, you know what I always wanted? I always wanted to be able to, at some point, call my kids and say, hey, walk down here to the local bar, pick me up and drive me home. Don't worry about it. No one will tell your mother. I already have taught you how to drive. I just need a ride home. I never took advantage of that. Probably smart to not do that, but I'm sure they could have done it if I needed them to. They could have done it. You've got some great kids, but I have been, you know, especially when they were younger, I have been around that Phil Quinn going out, having drinks orbit. You're not getting out of there the discreetly, you know, your kids are going to show up there and there's like a thousand people that are talking to you on the way out the door. It's just not, it wouldn't end well. Yeah. I did. Um, I actually jumped on a, a video podcast Zoom call with Jason Rusnick from Cutting Edge Therapy this week. Mm-hmm. He called me and said, hey, I'm doing this grand opening. I'm going to be interviewing a lot of people. I think people would would watch a conversation with you. I'd like to talk about the 20 things that you uh, mentioned in your podcasts uh, leading up to you leaving to Arizona. 20 things that, that Richmond and Wayne County needs to fix about itself. So <laughs> I actually... I actually got on the podcast with them and, and did that. And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I'm never going to be welcomed back to town again. I'm ne- I, I mean, I, I know I tick some people off. So if you're interested in seeing that, check out Cutting Edge Therapy's uh, Facebook page. Yeah, I promoted it. Yeah, I promote. The reason why I promote it is because I still think there are some good things in there. Uh, that's worth uh, worth talking about. And I, I told him I would give him a shout out because he let me talk about this podcast with them. Last thing um, I'll tell you or ask you before um, we get into a couple of weird news stories, a home improvement survey found that 35% of people said they could not change a light bulb. And, and I here's what I think. I think that survey is BS if the light bulb is visible. If you have to take off glass or it's one of those reset lights or floodlights or something and there's all this other stuff in there, plus uh, uh, LED bulbs or the little pigtail-like bulbs, mm-hmm. you know, how do you handle those? Do you use a, a rag so you don't put ink or a fingerprint junk on the, I don't know, that's the only thing I could think of because there's no way that there are 35% of people that couldn't change a light bulb. But, but what does that say about our society at this point? Well, you think about some of the kids that are younger. If you've been using those little pigtail light bulbs, maybe they haven't burned out yet and they haven't had to figure it out. They don't know what it was like to get that cheap 
glass bulb that would just randomly pop and think you were, you know, having shots fired at you. Um, one thing I will say about light bulbs though, that I hate when I used to work at Arby's, I was one of the only people that was tall enough to like reach things from the floor. And when the stupid, um, the ballast things would, would go out in the, the tube light bulbs, changing those ha- used to be my job and it was the absolute worst. Yeah. Because you have to be at equal the the bar has to be 100% equal and then you twist one side in and it almost never matched up with the other side so you had to turn it in then twist it in you're breaking bulbs and glasses shattering all over the place horrible I remember you telling me that you worked at Arby's do they really have all the meats there was a lot (laughs) go on a on a weird uh, sidetrack for you I used to be an opener so I used to have to prep the meats and then they would get these these weird specialty sandwiches in, and there was more meats. And it's like, what are we doing here? Did you ever get too close or have a close call with the slicer? That thing looks intimidating. Um, cleaning it a couple times, I came really close Ooh. because I wasn't, and this was all on me. There was like the mesh glove you were supposed to wear, and I didn't because I was 18 and an idiot. And like you feel it when you, you know, you know when you felt like you came real close to cutting yourself. So then you yeah. like put that thing back on. That was always uh, that was always you know up there. I did burn myself a couple times cleaning a fryer, and as a manager, I had to wear a tie, which made no sense. I had a shirt and tie in there, so I'm trying to clean this fryer. Then your tie ends up getting like in the, the old oil gets deep fried, comes back. You like burn yourself there, <laughs> and then I uh, I once found myself. Um, getting cut on a tomato cutter because you would like put it in there and push it through and it would slice through and i was trying to grab something on the back end and that's like the one time i get cut and you got to put the big blue band-aid on it's a whole thing yeah right uh but never had to take a work comp day proud of you yeah. mm? <laughs> okay i don't know if it was workers comp but hear me out so we were in a test market uh, in, it was Toledo South, right? So when they test new sandwiches, they put them in w- random parts of the country. So there were people coming in for, from corporate that were gonna come like see how like the breakfast rollout was going. Cause we were like the first people to test it. So we were cleaning everything, right? So I'm out uh, in the back, you know, like trimming up some bushes. Like I knew what I was doing and I'd gotten some poison ivy on me. Well, then I went in and was like taking this bleach and cleaning out the uh, the like stainless steel to like make sure that everything was perfect on this thing. Come to find out, I am allergic to lilac bleach and I had poison ivy and I was off for a week because I had poison ivy from my palm to my elbow straight through. I had to go get shots at the hospital and everything. Nightmare uh, scenario. That ended yeah. up, I think that was a worker's comp. I got to go in and you know, change the little dry erase thing. It's been this many days since our last injury. <laughs> and back. it was bleach. And it was a bleach reaction. Poison, poison ivy. <laughs> yeah. Miserable. How how out in the country was that Arby's? You're getting some poison ivy going? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Cutting wow. out the, the bushes by the dumpster to make sure everything looked great. Because that's what they're going to look at when they come in. So I know you've been able to take a look at the uh, show prep document. There's a couple, maybe four or five different weird news stories that are in here. And I'm curious if there was one that piqued your interest more than another. Uh, uh, I, could, I could go with any of the ones you want, but we'll end our podcast with whatever you choose. Well, before you get to that, your useless fun fact of the day, armadillos have four babies at a time and they're all the same sex. 
that's weird. Uh, <laughs> let that uh, let that marinate for a minute. Um, do they do they go in herds? I mean, because you got to find a pair. I mean, where do you go to find an armadillo of the opposite sex? I mean, if your whole idea, if the whole concept of your species is to procreate and you can only have up to four babies and they all have to be the same sex, you're going to have to find a neighborhood. Where is the neighborhood of armadillos? You got dillos out there? Hell, I don't know. We got everything else. Yeah. The one thing I haven't seen are skunks, but I think everything else exists out here. I cannot wait for the first time old PQ runs across the family of Dillos. Yeah, I, but if you do, just go, hey, fellas, what up, <laughs> sisters? I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, do, do they randomly get into pairs and hook up? And what are you buying an armadillo at the bar? What I mean, do you buy the armadillo some, that has everything? Yeah, they just roll up into a ball and you can run over them with your car and nothing happens. I mean, I, what do you do with an armadillo? I don't know, but, uh, you know, based on, on some things that, that we had talked about a little bit earlier today off the podcast, I would love to talk about this Karen support group. All right. Karens and their counterparts, Ken's, are a real problem. I'll, I can't see it on here just yet. I know it's in the show prep. Tell me a little bit about the Karen support group. Well, you know, Karen's and having the name Karen is kind of an affliction because your name's been co-opted to be every terrible person that wants to speak to a manager or not wear their mask up over their nose. And uh, the uh, the Urban Dictionary definition of a Karen is a middle-aged woman, typically blonde, that makes uh, solutions to others' problems and inconvenience to her, although she isn't even remotely affected. The most common phrase that comes out of a Karen's mouth is, let me speak to your manager, and usually has the haircut that resembles, resembles Kate Goslin from her Kate plus eight days. <laughs> there was a whole setup at Spirit Halloweens across the country that had a thing that said, hi, my name is Karen, and a sign that said, can I speak to the manager with the blonde bob? Wow. Okay. All right. So what are they doing with these uh, Karens? So Karen with a C this time, Karen Robinson of Grand Rapids, Michigan, she started a support group for other Karens called Karens for the Community. And <laughs> her goal is to bring a bunch of Karens together to bring positivity to their name. And she said it came from uh, the idea that happened to her when she was out to eat. And she did, in fact, ask for the manager. And her son accused her of being one of those Karens. So the uh, community lives on Facebook as a private group with all spelling variations of Karens, whether it's C's or K's or however you want to spell it. And the group is there to build empowerment for those who, quote, support and look out for their community, even if it does involve having to speak for, to a manager. Uh, they say that in this group, we are not the Karens of the world to seek uh, the lie, the cause divisiveness, or perpetrate hate against our fellow human beings due to any differences we may have. Wow. So any Karens listening to the podcast today can certainly go on and subscribe to that group. Do you have to send in uh, like photo ID or how do you verify that you're an actual Karen? And do you well, want to do that? I think your name would, would get you there and they probably go through your profile pictures to see this, the, the, uh, the progression of the Bob, you know, did you go oh, with the behind the ear yeah. thing? Did you have your pixie cut? What level of Karen are you at? 
And I would assume that like with some of these, you have to answer some questions to get in these private Facebook groups. You probably have to answer like how many managers you've talked to in the past. month. <laughs> uh, what's the biggest inconvenience to your life and why is it the Starbucks line? You know, things like that. I love it. I love it. Josh, thank you for uh, letting me indulge uh, uh, our listeners and myself in talking about uh, uh, Ben a little bit and also maybe getting a little, we probably are pretty clean on the, the Rush Limbaugh stuff, but I appreciate you jumping on on the podcast on a Saturday evening and helping us put that together. If you're interested in downloading, um, well, you probably already have, or you couldn't have listened to this part, uh, please subscribe. Uh, SoundCloud.com is the home base for us. Uh, but we also uh, share the link to the podcast, uh, just about every social platform. We're also on Apple podcast. We're on Spotify, uh, Google podcast, Amazon podcast, and the tune in app. So I feel this from another podcast. I heard this idea. I want to know what you think. Uh, so this podcast I've been listening to insight. They always do a thing where they'll read one of the reviews from Apple. So if you want to shout out on the podcast, give the gift of this pod share it with some friends leave us a five-star review and we might read your review i love that idea and we really should read just the negative reviews right i mean i don't know that there's a lot of them but if you're willing to leave a review the nastier the better so leave a five-star review and phil will read those and then i will read the negative ones (laughs) which inevitably are probably about phil yeah well that's well, I'm sure I'm going to have mine. I'm just saying the existing ones are 99% about you. I'm sure there's something about me by the time we get through this one. Um, with that being said, thanks again to our sponsor, the Richmond Family YMCA. Uh, and we appreciate everybody and um, taking a listen and taking some time out of their day to join us. Josh, all the best. Have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. <laughs>